Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi, this is Johnny and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. How are your New Year's resolutions going? You may think it's, a str- it's strange to be saying this in April, but actually it's the most important time to ask the question. The joke is that New Year's resolutions are thought about at New Year because that's where most people leave them and don't touch them again for another full year. It's funny. We're prone to return to our default settings, aren't we? Like sitting on the worn-in sofa, we'll slide right into the part that's been sat in the most. Or like changing the big gears on your bike down to the second after it's sat in third gear for years. You move from slick to rusty and unused, and then decide to click the gears back again because it's just too much trouble adjusting to the new gear. If you play games like me, you might try a few new ones, but after a while you return to the old favourites. And even with the old favourites, it's likely to be on the same settings you've always played. We are creatures of habit, who tend to return to the most well-worn paths, and those that are easiest for us to walk. Our paths may seem maverick and creative to people around us who are different, but to ourselves, they are often the easiest ways to live. Someone might be a go-getter and a trailblazer, but the chances are that they've always been a go-getter and a trailblazer. And more than that, we are shaped by the culture around us, our family, friends and work. This helps ingrain certain basic settings in us about the way that life should function. The places we inhabit give us a picture, give us a living picture of what life is like and the kind of things we aspire to the kind of things we should or shouldn't like, the type of things that we should have accomplished by a certain age. When we add these things up, they total the kind of person that we think we should be. What do you think has made you the person that you are today? These thoughts came into my mind the other night when I thought about my ambitions. Many of them are quite neutral and normal. Get as much leisure time as possible, get married, buy a house, start down a better paying career path, etc, etc. These things aren't wrong but something felt slightly off about it. I think that like the culture surrounding me, these ambitions were all about, well, me. What could I get for myself, make of myself, market about myself? More significantly, what if I reached the end of my life and those things were to show for it? At the end, would I still think that all those things were meaningful or would I find myself missing out on something something more and something better beyond them? What does Jesus have to say about life as a Christian? A lot, obviously, but Mark 8, 34 to 37 addresses the way that we think about our lives on earth. And I'll read it here in full because of how important it is. And it says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. It's countercultural, but it's also quite piercingly logical. Previously, Jesus had rebuked Peter, one of the key disciples, because he refused to accept that it was Jesus' plan to die and be brought back to life again. It was all just too much for him. Peter was understandably concerned about Jesus' life. People weren't any more accustomed to the dead coming back to life than they they are today. In response, Jesus says the above passage to the crowd 
and entirely tries to redirect their priorities in life. Verse 34 is the main idea, and the next few verses explain it in a bit more detail. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. It is describing a picture that a Jesus follower, disciple, or Christian should be modelled after. It should fit this pattern. The opposite of this passage would say something like, whoever wants to be my disciple should live for themselves, avoid suffering and difficulty, and follow whatever their hearts desire. To be honest, it would look a lot like the default stance of our culture, and often ourselves as well. Naturally, we ping back like elastic to our, orig our original shape. So what does this passage mean for us? We can't literally take up a cross and we're probably not literally going to die for being a Christian. So how is it relevant? Generally, it means that we should follow Jesus, even when it means leaving our preferences behind and facing all sorts of difficulties along the way. But what could possibly be worth all the effort? In other words, what could possibly be so valuable that we turn our whole lives upside down for it? Our own souls is the answer. Only with Jesus do we have a life, soul and vitality which endures beyond death. The meaning of the word life in this passage encompasses all these things and more. We leave all else behind when we die. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? The answer is nothing. Ironically, the best self-preservation strategy, the best long-term investment, the best look out for number one attitude is actually to deny ourselves and follow Jesus. With him, he gives us fullness of life here on earth and beyond, and all the more as we entrust ourselves to him. With him, we have life beyond death with him in eternity. When I reflect on these things, it reminds me of what, it, of what is truly valuable in the eyes of God, beyond what I think and beyond what contemporary culture thinks. Rather than drinking in the standards we see all around us, it's good to return to Christ for a reality check. The beauty of this Christian scheme of self-preservation is that it is for everyone. Jesus' words are not secret and hidden away for a select few. They are open for all people who put their trust in him, whoever they are, whatever position they have in society and whatever their past may contain. We will suffer and face opposition as Christians. Life is not guaranteed to be materially successful as Christians here on earth. We may steer far away from the standards that our cultures and families hold up as important, and we may not achieve our earthly goals. But if we're following Jesus, we can be sure that we're heading in the right direction and for the right destination. This beacon offers just a small snippet of what it means to follow Jesus, and I encourage you to find out the rest in experience, prayer, reading, and with others who are following Jesus too. Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you that you offer us a way of life which leads away from all the many different standards we see around us and all the many different things which cause us to focus on ourselves and in getting as much for ourselves as we possibly can in this life and draining it and living it to the full. But Lord, I thank you that God, you offer us a fullness of life through completely different means, through denying ourselves and through following you. And in that, finding life that we never knew existed before. Lord, I thank you that you offer this life to all people. That, Lord God, 
you are the way, the truth and the life, as you say, that God, our lives can be fully rich and meaningful because we follow you and because we seek after you, Lord. I pray that you will help us to see the areas of our lives which are uh, only influenced by our culture or our own thoughts. And I pray that you just reshape them in light of what really matters, in light of eternity, in light of you, and help us just to see um, the things that we do value in our lives and help us to move beyond what we've always thought to be true in our lives and actually to see what you are really saying to us. And Lord, I thank you that that you enrich our lives, Lord, that you do all things for our good uh, and for our benefit ultimately. And I thank you, God, that you are, that you love mankind so much that you committed yourself to this course of action, even dying a death on a cross and being raised again so that we could have life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.